and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. As always, we have another super amazing guest for you, Liza Donnelly. Liza is a writer and award-winning cartoonist with the New Yorker magazine, where she has been drawing cartoons about culture and politics for over 30 years. She's also resident cartoonist for CBS News, creating political cartoons and live drawings for CBS This Morning and Special Events. Liza has been a cultural envoy for the U.S. State Department, traveling around the world speaking about freedom of speech, cartoons and women's rights. Liza spoke at TED about using humor to help women around the world, a talk that has since been translated into 38 languages and viewed over 1 million times. In 2016, Liza was the first cartoonist to be granted access on location to live draw and tweet the Academy Awards and Red Carpet, and she will be returning for her third time in 2018. Liza has been profiled on CBS Sunday Morning, NBC, and has appeared on CBS This Morning and been interviewed on radio and numerous magazines and newspapers like The New Yorker, Huffington Post, and the list goes on. Her work has appeared in print publications uh, such as The New Yorker Times, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, and Liza is also the author, editor of 18 books, and is a charter member of the international project Cartooning for Peace, helping to promote and understand through humour. Her work has been in numerous exhibitions globally and she has curated exhibits for international cartoonists here and abroad. It's now time to tune into this very creative, inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, good morning to everyone. It could be good evening, depending on what side of the earth you are on today. We have another super amazing guest for you, all the way from New York. Well, in the countryside at the moment, Liza Donnelly. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you for having me. It's great to great to speak with you. Yeah, it's very exciting. As I, uh, for our listeners, I was explaining to Liza, we've never had a woman of her caliber before on the show. Uh, Liza is an American uh, cartoonist, a TEDx talker and or speaker, I should say. So uh, really curious to hear your story, Liza. What is your unique story and what inspired you to get to where you are today? Well, I've been a cartoonist all my life since I was a little girl. I started drawing cartoons to make my mother smile. Um, and, uh, when I did make her smile, I was hooked. And uh, ever since then, I've just 
used cartoons as a way of communicating. Because I was, I was really shy. I'm no longer shy, but I was very shy as a, as a child. And uh, it was a great way to, um, to share my thoughts and feelings through drawings and uh, make people happy. So now I, I, um, I'm so, I feel really fortunate that I was able to turn that into a career um, right around when I was in my early 20s. I, I began selling my cartoons to the New Yorker magazine. And it was a dream come true. And ever since, and I've been working with them ever since. And I also now am I'm a writer as well. So I use my cartoons and my writing to um, mostly, mostly. Well, my cartoons are uh, slice of life. We call them like about general cartoons about life. They're single panel cartoons. And then I also do political cartoons about women's rights and political issues. And that's what my writing is also about for the most part. So I'm curious, Liza, with the slice of life, what are some of the topics that you focus on? Well, whatever happens in a daily life, you know, I mean, mm. relationships or um, marriages, children, raising children, uh, just going to the store, you know, having pets. I mean, just just making humorous comments about life, really. Um, and, and, and as I said, many times it's 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 about how politics affects us in our daily lives as well. Yeah. So you're very much obviously influenced by your environment. A little bit of whatever happens is uh, what inspires you. Yeah. I mean, my cartoons are often culturally um, referenced. Uh, it, I pick up on trends in 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 our culture and, and hopefully around the world as well. What's going on with people? What what are they talk? What they're talking about? What people are reading? What you know? How are they behaving? Different, what are they wearing? You know. Um, trying to try to point those things out and and uh, make you know make ourselves laugh and make sort of make fun of people and not in a mean way though I'm I'm not a mean cartoonist. So Liza, what would be some of your resources? Because we do have a lot of listeners who actually have to do some research when it comes to writing topics and seeing what what is the latest trend. So I know there's a platform called Buzz uh, Sumo where you can actually get the latest trend, what's going on. Is 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 there any specific platform that you use to find out what's the kind of the latest thing that's going on or the latest thing that everyone's talking about? Not really. I, I I'm just I don't. I don't use it in one particular place. I just constantly am, am, am reading the, um, the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, CNN, um, you know, Twitter. I use Twitter as a source um, just to see what's going on, not, not necessarily a news source. Um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, I don't know. Just, so, you know, as a cartoonist, we, got, we have our ears to the ground. We're, um, and I also say we're like sponges. We sort of soak up the world around us. Uh, and squeeze it out. So I'm always in touch, always, always listening. That's awesome. And and I and the other question I have for you too, Liza, is with your TEDx talk, what were you speaking about for our listeners so they can check it out? Mm-hmm. It was actually a TED talk, and I um, I spoke about my story, I guess, and um, not just me, but I talked about one of the things about TED is they like you to have. Um, an idea, but they also like you to share some of yourself. So my TED talk was was about my idea of how how women, particularly women, can use humor to help change the rules. Um, and uh, and I share my story how humor helped me from from being a very shy child into um, 
becoming a cartoonist, you know, a professional cartoonist. So, and I, and I talk about how, how humor can help us see, see the world perhaps a little bit more clearly. Um, you have to watch the same talk. It's hard to explain. I don't want to explain it all here because then mm. you won't watch it. No, I, but no I, I, yeah, humor really can, particularly humor without words can really, can really cross borders and can help people see and, 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 and increase the dialogue between people about what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about the, you know, our brain and the unconscious part of our mind, it speaks a language of pictures. So really, when you're looking at pictures, it can, it can draw out emotion. It could, um, you know, and it depends on your state of mind and your perception as well. There's so many, so much that comes out of pictures. It comes alive. That's right. I mean, and, and everybody, everybody around the world loves cartoons. Everybody, pretty much everywhere grew up on cartoons in some fashion, right? So when you draw cartoons, you've got people's attention. <laughs> so you can, you draw them in, literally draw them in. They want to see what it's about. And then you can, you can uh, do all kinds of things with their attention. Mm, I love it. So what has been some of your radical shifts in your life or some of those greatest lessons learned along your journey? That's a great question. Um, Two things combined. Well, there's actually there's two events that that many people uh, experience that, and and if they have, they'll know that it's life changing. Um, one was was meeting my husband and and um, deciding to spend the rest of my life with him, and he's he's very supportive. And I think for anybody, um, man or woman, it's important if you can to find a life partner that will help you get through the difficult times career-wise or, or emotionally or, or personally, you know, somebody who stands by you. I think it's just so, so great. I mean, he helped me through difficult times when I thought I was going to quit cartooning. Um, it just seemed insurmountable and um, he supported me. Not, I don't mean financially, I mean emotionally. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's one thing. If you can, if you can manage that, it's, it's wonderful. And then having children, of course, changes, changes everything. I have two daughters and they're great. They're now in their twenties. <clears throat> um, there's one professional time that really changed me as a cartoonist and thinker, and that was when 9/11 happened to the to the United States. Uh, everybody, of course, around the world was shocked and ha- had to had to just rethink so much. You know, like what what does this mean? What are we going to do going forward? Uh, you know, in many ways, the United States became um, connected to the rest of the world. We were no longer immune from terrorism. So at that point, I just didn't think I could be a cartoonist anymore. I didn't, nothing seemed funny. Um, and then I, I, but I kept drawing. You know, when things happen to you, you, just, you persist. That's one of the main uh, lessons of, of doing a long career is, is persistence. And I just kept drawing, and I drew a cartoon about um, the 9-11 attacks, and uh, the New Yorker bought it and ran it, and I felt that I was back on track. And I continued to do cartoons, but I also decided that I was from then on I was going to do more political cartoons. I had been doing them a bit every now and then when I, uh, before that, but after that I decided to um, dedicate more of my energies towards speaking about things that were important to me politically in my work. So. 
Well, and, and it's true, like you were saying, it is hard to sometimes when you don't have that motivation or that inspiration to keep going. And I think it happens to all of us at some stage of our career or life. Yes, mm. yes. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that are supportive, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Liza, what would be a piece of advice that you would like to give to our listeners if they wanted to embark on a new path in some way, shape or form? Let's see. Um, I think persistence, as I said before, that you, um, sorry, persistence is important to keep trying. Um, You're going to make mistakes. You're going to draw bad cartoons, but just keep, you have to do them to get to the good ones. So persistence. And also people are going to tell you, no, they're going to, they're going to say they don't want your, your work or they don't want your, your ideas and you just have to keep, they're just one person. So keep trying. Um, and also be easy on yourself. Don't be so self-critical. I think I had to learn that lesson that, um, you know, you are, you are going to make mistakes. You are going to draw, draw bad cartoons. You're going to write, uh, pathetic stories, <laughs> but you have to keep, you have to keep trying. Just, just put it to, put it to the side and do another one or go take a walk or do something different. So, Liza, I love the fact that you brought that up because uh, that's a uh, happens to all of us. When you take no, no, I'm here. Uh, When you're thinking about uh, how many no's you actually get before you get a yes, it's one of those things. How do you continue being like being persistent? What's your trick uh, when you get so many no's? And it happens to all of us. All of us in business, we've had you know thousands of no's before we got some big yeses. But what's your trick to because you were talking about persistence to keep going? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think the idea of, of uh, well, in in the short term, like I said, just if you're having a block, if you feel like nothing is working, just try to do something else. Maybe it's time for you to take a break, um, go for a walk, uh, go, go shopping, go have some coffees, whatever. But um, in the long term, that's really a good question. I mean, you, that, I, that's why I said when I, there was a period when I was getting so much rejection that I just thought, that I shouldn't do this anymore. Um, and that's when my husband, I think he helped me. He, he would, we would work on my, on my work together. We would look at it together and, and talk about it. And I think having a friend, a good friend to, to help you talk through those times will help you uh, re reassess or redirect or restart what you've been doing. Um, yeah, I think that's my advice. Liza, that's super amazing that you have that kind of support and not everyone has that support. So when you were talking about, there was another piece that you talked about being uh, self-critical. I mean, we could all be self-critical about ourselves. It's about how do we uh, separate ourselves from that inner critic. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I think that I I have that inner critic that creeps in every now and then, definitely every week without a doubt. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you deal with your self-critic or inner critic? I tell her to just just be patient, sit off to the side. I mean, it's uh, I don't really don't know. I mean, you just keep pushing through it um, and putting your work out there because I think 
sometimes if you're overly critical, you're, you get um, you get paralyzed uh, and you don't do good work. I think it, you just have to. And also, I tend to worry too much about what other people think, which is um, a problem when you're trying to be creative. <laughs> I'm better at it than, than I was, but uh, I know there are some cartoonists who who sit down at their desk and they're just drawing to make themselves laugh. And that's, that's great. But I don't, I don't really operate that way. I, I draw based on what I'm hearing in the news or what I'm sensing in the world around me. And I'm more outer, outer, outer directed. So I don't draw to, to make myself laugh. I draw for another reason. I'm not sure what it is. So you just got to keep, but yet you still have to please yourself. You have to do something that makes you happy and who knows, maybe they'll buy it. Maybe they'll run it. Um, Maybe they won't. Mm. I'm not really, really giving you an answer, but I'm just sort of trying to, trying to walk through the, the answer myself. Yeah, and Liza, it sounds like you just naturally do that. Unconsciously, you have this inner drive that pushes through things, and it probably is, has got to do with the support that you have around you. Um, and that's probably why you're not connecting with it, it because it's, it's just natural in you. It's, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah long time and also what's great now is that you have different platforms so if if you're stuck on drawing something you can do a video a little video or um write something or i don't know i use social media a lot share something there i mean those are not those are not professional necessarily you can't earn money that way but um there's different ways to express yourself now and i think that's i love that i love technology i love new forms of expression Mm. So, Liza, would it be fair to say that um, those that don't succeed in business and whatever they do, whether they're a cartoonist, a writer or a speaker, uh, is because they're just not pushing through all the time? They're allowing that inner critic or that worrying about what others think stop them? Do you think that would be a a big thing? Yeah, I think so, don't you? I think... um... Yeah, I mean, it could, could, absolutely. Persistence. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a big word for you, persistence. It's, I see that through and through as you're speaking through your journey. Uh, you have got a na- – that's why I was saying naturally you've got a lot of drive and persistence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I do. I don't know where it comes from. Um, I think also uh, – for me, some of why I do what I do is, as I said, our, outerly directed. And um, when I was young in my early teens, I, I grew up in a very difficult time in our country um, during the Watergate era and the civil rights movement and, and that time when uh, there, there were assassinations. So I really wanted to use my cartoons to help in some way because I, I was so quiet. I, I was not about to go on a picket line. So I think using your work for for a bigger idea helps you push through like if and i'm not just doing this to make money i'm not just doing this to make myself happy but that's fine those things are fine but for me it's a, a bigger a bigger picture um reason and that sort of is a thread that maybe helps me keep going and finding other ways to you know express what it is i i want to to say does that make sense absolutely because i think that by you expressing what you want to say it's allowing others to connect with that emotion themselves and maybe help them move through some stuff 
Yeah, that's that's great if that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Liza, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, to to. I would tell her that uh, her opinions are just as as important as anybody else's. I was so fearful when I was young. Um, I didn't think I was smart enough or I didn't have enough ideas or enough opinions. Um, I was, as I said, I was very quiet. I didn't speak up enough. So now I'm I'm like, I'm making up for lost time. (laughs) Which is amazing for our listeners. I'm I'm sure for those that are listening uh, are a little bit shy or uh, have a lot of creativity that they would like to share with the world. Uh, it's just about putting it out there, isn't it? And not, not worrying about what others think and, and, and having that understanding that you're going to get a no before you get a big yes. Right. You're going to get people that are going to disagree with you or they're going to think it's not funny or they're not interested, but there's going to be some that will. So, and you just have to keep trying. So how many, if you don't mind me asking, how many no's did you get before you landed a job like with working with New York Magazine? I don't know. Uh, it, it's, um, I'll tell you what the process is for all of us cartoonists that work for The New Yorker is you, uh, you do a, a weekly batch, we call them the cartoons. You put about six or more out to the editors. You send them into the editor and um, they either buy one or they don't. So that's the batting average if you do the math. So I sold the, when I first began to the math in on a weekly basis, sending my cartoons in, uh, I think I sold within two years. So, um, that's not a bad average for many people. It took a lot longer to get in and some people shorter, but, um, and the thing about that, that, that system they have set up and the New Yorker has been around since 1925 and they had the same system for cartoonists as they did in the beginning pretty much. And, I think what it allows for is that uh, there's a, a bit of support there on, from, the, from the magazine, although there's never a guarantee you're going to sell a cartoon. There's an understanding that they probably will. Um, so there's support there from them. It's, it's not very verbal. They don't say a lot to you, but you know they're there and they've bought you before, so they'll probably buy you again. But you're, you're given, they're not, they don't tell you what to draw. You're sort of given freedom to draw what you want to draw. So there's a bit of artistic freedom there. And, um, and I just think it's a system that is, is – and it also you get so much rejection that you learn to just keep doing it. It's part of your life to just draw and draw and draw and draw. And built into that system are uh, the bad cartoons. You learn, you learn to do your weekly batch of six to ten cartoons, and you just know they're not all going to be gems. They're going to be some real duds in there, if not all of them. And yet one of them is going to rise to the surface and be a great cartoon. So um, that's a long answer to your question, but it's – I think it's a great a great lesson that just keep keep drawing, keep putting stuff out there. No, I think for me it was uh, what I got out of it is the the resistance. Uh, the resistance really comes out, and that's why you're probably uh, very persistent is because of not knowing whether uh, you know whether the New York magazine is going to buy your cartoons or not buy your cartoons. Do they do the same with writing pieces when you write pieces? Um, no, it's a little different. I haven't written that much from them, but I've written a few things and that was more, um, since they're the pieces that I've written are about cartoons. They're about international cartoons or women cartoonists. And that was more that I pitched the idea to them. I said, I'd like to, I'd like to do this about this subject. And they, they either said yes or no. So I guess in a way it's similar, but it's, it's just less frequent. Yeah. 
And when you actually pitch an idea, is that do you have to put a, a proposal together just for our listeners so they know for you know if they want to approach a magazine uh, anywhere in the world? Is it a matter of when you've got an idea, put a proposal together and actually go and present it? I think so. Um, I started writing for them when I was already uh, had a relationship with them as a cartoonist, so it was perhaps a little less of a pitch to to create, but, uh, and so I don't really know. Let's see. I think for other, I have pitched to other publications and you have to, um, in many cases, probably write most of the, most of the article to, to get them to, um, to say, yes, I just did a, a piece for the New York times, um, which I, I wrote the whole thing and then sent it to them. Uh, and they, they bought it. They, they did edit it down a little bit, but, um, so I think if the public, if you are not known to the publication, you probably have to write the whole thing. So, Liza, we can't hear you at the moment. Oh, wonder why. Okay, now it's a bit better. So, because publications have really changed over the years, haven't they? Uh, especially when you're talking about um, for them purchasing your work these days, it seems like uh, if you want to get exposed, uh, we'll take your work on uh, but not pay you for it. Yes. So it's changed a lot. So, Liza, who's been your influence, your greatest influence along the way? You know, all the cartoonists before me uh, for, um, were great influences, Many, some more than others. You know, I just spent a lot of time looking at, at the work of my predecessors at the magazine. And um, so studying them, uh, visually studying their work. And I, I think in terms of, of people um, – whose lives were influential to me. And I think of Jane Goodall, which is an odd thing for cartoonists to say, but I think she um, was somebody that I watched growing up and I admired her because she had a quiet persistence and she was, she was quiet. She, she still is quiet in, in some ways. And she really wanted to do what she ended up doing. And she, she pursued it with a passion. And I, I just, I just love her. Okay. So, Liza, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman in, of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Oh, no. Uh, <sighs> passionate, I think. I don't really know, Catherine. Mm -hmm. I. It's hard to pick one word. I know it is, isn't it? Oh, passion, oh. absolutely. You have to be passionate with what you do. Absolutely. I love that. And the other thing that we do as we wrap up the show is we ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what are those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? I just gave a talk in Ireland and I, and I said – these three words um, as things that I've learned as a cartoonist to do over time that I think can help everybody. And particularly in this new age of fast paced um, internet, you know, dragging our attention away from, from everything um, is listen, observe and wait. So if you listen to the world around you, you, you learn to understand it better. 
Um, if you observe people, you'll be more inclined to um, connect with them and, and, and understand people. And waiting is crucial to, to everything. I mean, just waiting before you respond, before you um, uh, speak, it's just a good lesson. It's just, just take a breath and, and, and wait. As a cartoonist, I do a lot of waiting uh, to watch what's going on and to, to under, try to understand what's going on. So those are my three words. Love it. And you know, it's one of those things as, as you're saying, uh, waiting, uh, and ha it's, it's not one of those easy things when you think about a fast paced environment and then you have mm -hmm. to learn patience to wait. They kind of mm -hmm. clash, don't they? When you think about it, because there's this level of uh, urgency all the time that, you know, uh, I know with social media people, when I ask them, what's the, what's the pool, you know, for you to check on your Facebook all the time or Twitter or Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, I'm afraid of missing out on something. I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on some big news. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm constantly checking my phone. Um, so I need to, I need to take my own advice all the time, but I think, uh, waiting, particularly if you're a creative person, you can't force an idea. You really can't. I mean, you can create conditions that will help you, but, uh, you, you can't force it. Mm, I, I love all, all three of them. I love the fact listening because it, it allows you to stop long enough to pause and listen. And I love the observer, be the observer of your life, not be, not so much be in it because sometimes when we're in it, we're, I, I always say we're sucked into this vortex of going really fast. But if you mm -hmm. actually stand back a little bit and actually be the observer, it's so different energy, isn't it? Very, very different. Yes. I, I, um, I think it's interesting because I, recently have taken on a new type of, of drawing. It's called, I call it uh, visual journalism where I draw on my iPad and I draw what I, what I, what I see around me. If I'm, I'm, and actually people hire me to do this news events or, or cultural events. Um, and when I'm doing that and I, I draw immediately what I see and I, and I share it on social media as I do it. So it's in real time. And what I've found is it's sort of a meditative thing for me because I'm watching and observing and listening to my environment and I'm, putting it back I'm putting that those observations and those those things that I'm hearing on on the iPad uh, as a drawing and um, it's uh, it's very uh, quieting for me in an odd way oh, I love the fact that you do that that's a very unique way of journaling because normally with journaling we write words but to draw it out and I've done that on a couple of my workshops is when we talk about specific topics uh, draw them out and it's so interesting how people get really stuck like I don't know how to draw this so it, it is a unique talent in itself to be able to tap into your emotions whatever you're feeling or seeing or observing and whatever you're hearing and to then put it into a picture mm. yeah mm. I mean feel I, I am lucky that I that I know how to draw I mean I'm not I'm a cartoonist, um, but I think everybody can. I think everybody can draw, and set their mind to it. Mm. Well, I'm really good with stick figures. That's about it. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> We've got to start from somewhere, don't we? Yeah, that's true. So, Liza, for our listeners, where is the best place to find you? Hmm. Well, they can find me. Um, my website is lizadonnelly.com. They can see a lot of what I've what I've been doing. Um, and then I'm, I'm frequently on Twitter at, and it's at Liza Donnelly. Also Instagram at Liza Donnelly. 
So, and the New Yorker, if you want to check out my work on the New Yorker, you can go there as well. And for our listeners, I highly recommend that you check out Liza's website. It's absolutely beautiful and filled with lots of gold nuggets. Lots of uh, you do lots of great work. And Liza, is there anything that you would like to leave for our listeners before we part? I don't think so. It was really, really wonderful to talk to you. I, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Australia, so I hope to get there before, before uh, too long. Oh, I'm sure we'll have to organise something definitely. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so very much for your time, your energy and sharing your story with with us. It's been a, a pleasure to have you on the show and um, I hope that we get to meet you face to face. Well, thank you. I'd love that. And, and come to New York, let me know, please. Well, we'll definitely. Thank you so very much. Okay. Take care. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.